ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Good evening. Welcome to Dynasty Junkies episode 108. This is your man Scott Sidlow on the mic. Today we have a special show because, you know, as I like to do, I bring in all my homies from Illinois. So we're just, we're representing. So, um, hey, we're going to have a fun show tonight. We're going to do some quarterback stuff. Uh, We got some, a couple uh, listener league updates and of course our find me a trade. So it should be a good show tonight. got bobby koch with me bobby how you doing man doing well scott and it's funny that you mention illinois or chicago because i've been told my whole life that i don't really fit in new york and should be a chicago or chicagoan not quite sure what the word is you guys use for each other but i guess i'm an honorary chicagoan and i've been there uh a couple times it's a great city so maybe one of these days i'll actually make the full transition i doubt it but chicago is a great place I, I love it. I wonder, um, I don't know. I've been to New York a couple of times, but I don't know if New York is the same way where we all kind of say we're Chicagoans when really we live like an hour away, but it's Chicago land. So it pretty much just covers like a vast geographical uh, area. And so, you know, it is what it is, but yeah, we'll, we'll represent. That's fine. Um, depends who you talk to in New York. If yeah. you talk to like the true city people, they'll be like, no, the suburbs people like get the fuck right. out of here. You're not New right. <laughs> Oh, and sorry, Rocky, I know you're going to have to edit that, <laughs> but that's fine. That's worth it. We like it. And speaking of Chicagoans, we've got Kyle August on tonight at Kyle Month 8, which is very clever, I must say. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, as I was telling Bobby before the show, we're actually in a home league together uh, that if you're a longtime listener of the show, you've definitely heard me talk about. Um, and yet we've never met or podcasted together. So just kind of the way things work out when, you know, uh, well, I guess when you're me and you have kids and you suck, but it is what it is. Kyle, thanks for coming on, man. Why don't you tell the people who you are, where they can find you, what you do, all that type of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Uh, luck. It was, it kind of lined up perfect because you hit me up. I was available, which was great. I was, I was, I haven't been on a ton of podcasts this summer. Uh, I did a show. If if anyone's familiar with me, you know they already know this, but I did a show for a long time called the Fancy Football Fellas. I did that for like five years, and I like yeah nonstop every week. And then I for about four years, and I've been doing a different show called the Fancy Football Smackdown. It's on the Dynasty Warzone Network. So if you're if you're familiar with Memphis and Jerry, I've been doing that show on there for about a year. But I took this summer off. It was the first time I've ever taken any time off since uh, whatever year Zeke was the was a rookie. 
Uh, and wow. it was, I needed recharged for sure. It was great to do, but uh, I got started back up with the podcast earlier this month and it's been a ton of fun. And uh, I saw the invite from you and I was like, heck yeah. And the other thing we lucked out in because for whatever reason, I never see sleeper messages. So like the fact that I saw yours, <laughs> it worked out perfect. So I uh, was definitely pumped to come on here, hang out with you guys for a bit. Um, talking some quarterbacks is always a good time, but man, it's just good to have football back and uh, just love podcasting. So thanks for having me on. And like you said, you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle month eight. That's about as creative as I get. Um, month eight is August. So Kyle August, <laughs> there you go. I hacked it for you guys. Um, but like I said, the fancy football smackdown twice a week. Uh, right now through the month of August over on the Dynasty Warzone Network feed, so you can check that out. Uh, I don't do any other writing or anything anymore, but uh, in season, I used to do an article called Waiver Wire Sniping, which yes. I, I, I do some Dynasty stuff in there. I try. I know Waiver Wire is tough for Dynasty, but in essence, uh, it's now a podcast that releases every Saturday, and the whole idea is that you stash players off the wire for free um, before kickoff on Sundays, and then uh, those are hopefully the players that pop the next week, so you know, if you look ahead and you know, you know, this is a little bit more redrafty, but if you know your quarterback, you know, your big name quarterbacks on by, you, you grab a backup before the kickoff, right? Because what do you know, especially in today's world, as you guys are familiar with, every damn waiver wire article will have that guy featured as their cover picture and you're already sitting there with him in your, in your, uh, in your roster. So uh, that's kind of a lot, a lot of the stuff I do in season, but uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's good to be good to be here and thanks for having me. That's right, man. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm glad. Normally, I, I wouldn't reach out through Sleeper either because, you know, I think everybody knows how much I hate it. But because we're in that league together, I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'll just shoot him a message. I mean, you know, he might see it. He might not, you know, whatever. <laughs> we'll figure it out. So. Worked out. <laughs> see, it was, it, you know, everything. Is Andrew right? the only host on this podcast that doesn't actively, t- like, just talk trash about Sleeper? I kind of feel bad. Like, I almost feel like I have to go the other way and be like, Sleeper's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's funny because uh, there's, I can't remember what it's called. There's some sort of website. I think you can plug in somebody's sleeper handle and it will tell you like the leagues they're in or how many leagues or whatever. And so like you can look up anybody. Right. And so like I was uh, as usual talking shit about sleeper and, you know, again, as everyone knows, I'm a portfolio player. I have a lot of leagues. And so one of my league mates was like, oh, I heard you on the podcast. How much you hate Sleeper? Then why are you in like 26 leagues on Sleeper or something? And it's like, <laughs> I was like, well, son of a bitch. Well, uh, partially because some of those are like best balls and some of them are like guillotine. Like I'm not including those in my portfolio. So I don't spend a ton of time. Those are mostly just like drafts. The answer to that is just, I have a problem, Scott. That's yeah. it. It's- yeah, no, that's that's the junkie in me. Like that's that's not you know I'm not managing leagues necessarily on there to that capacity. There's maybe only like ten. The rest of them are on MFL. So you know, I will say while I definitely like MFL better, just to be nice to sleeper, it is at least better than a majority of the options out there. Oh, totally agree. Totally agree. I, yeah, I, will I have a guy in one of my leagues, and if he's listening, to this, he knows exactly who he is, but. He every year I commission a lot of leagues. So every year I put out like, "Hey, just drop your comments in this Google sheet or whatever. Any rule changes you want." And and he's in a few leagues with me, and every single one he's like, "We need to move to Flea Flicker." And I'm like, "You oh. can move to Flea Flicker. You get the yeah. hell out of here." <laughs> that's like an immediate ban. Like that's yeah. you know that if you ever want to, um, you know, if you ever want to feel better about sleeper, just go use Flea Flicker for like three minutes. And then you'll love sleeper. So it's fine. So yes, as much shit as I give them, they, they have been great. And they've, they've done um, 
some good things. Like they finally got rid of that stupid uh, automatically having three years ahead of rookie picks, oh, which yeah. was driving me nuts. And then also I was trying to explain um, that like in some leagues, those picks have already been traded. So yes, I understand the options there, but the league is already in existence, so we can't change it yet. You know, so it's like they're still there because I can't change it yet. That is why. So, uh, but anyway, Andrew was uh, trying to bait Cooter Doodle last time because he knows that she loves Sleeper, and he was trying yeah, to bait her yeah. into like talk, hyping it up, and then having a debate with me about it. And I was just like, "We're not going down this road, Andrew. We're going to ignore this question and move on." That said, speaking of moving on, we should probably go Let's to tonight's it. actually meat and potatoes of the uh, show, which is talking about quarterbacks and. I will say that we purposely had the quarterback show on a show that Rocky was not here for because as 100%. everyone knows, Rocky just hates quarterbacks and will not talk about them basically. So that's why Scott and I are doing it. No doubt. It had to fit in that way. We had to, you know, make it work so we could get our, our four positional groups. And so, yeah, essentially what we'll do, we'll just talk a little bit about our, our quarterback strategy. Um, and then we're going to get into some ADP and just, you know, we'll talk about a few things in there. This is a series we've actually done since the beginning of this show. We've done it every August. And so, you know, when it's August, we don't want to talk about, you know, as uh, Recovering Ridley Truther says in the chat, you know, um, the Willis hype is back to a first rounder after that uh, Twitter clip and the fact that he's going to be, you know, starting the game or whatever. You know, okay, you know, cool, cool, man. Like, I, there's plenty of podcasts you can hear about that kind of news. I'll tell you what, I've been doing this a long time. It does it literally nothing in preseason matters. I mean, I used to watch every game because I was, you know, sick and I love football and I just would watch and I like to see the rookies and like to see everybody. And I still do watch a lot, but I'll tell you what, it doesn't, doesn't change anything at all. However, you can take advantage of your league mates because of stuff like that. Then absolutely. Um, all right. So Kyle, I'm going to start with you uh, in super flex leagues. You know, do you have kind of a general strategy on quarterbacks? Yeah, uh, I would say my strategy has adjusted of, from personal pain, actually, and one specifically. It's actually the league that I'm in with, with Scott, but um, you definitely won't, don't want to be the, the man without one because, holy hell, to acquire one is insanely hard to do, I feel like. Um, you can, in that league, as an example, like I, I had Kyler Murray, great anchor um, from the startup, but then after that, I was literally kicking the can down the road with Philip Rivers and Tom Brady and and then Tom Brady disappeared right for, you know, three minutes off my roster. And I had to make some, you know, moves, be drastic moves to replace, you know, a quarterback that I just could not get. So generally my in super flex, I'm, I'm always trying to make sure that I have three, um, you know, startable guys, but I will go the route of like just one anchor guy and I'll kind of piecemeal like a little bullpen of two to three guys. Um, you know, if I only have one really good one, like I have a dynasty league uh, right now, like I have Justin Herbert. So that's great. And this is a little bit uh, deeper league and it has IDP in there and everything. But like my other quarterbacks in that league, I have Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston, Jared Goff. Um, and I might even have one other. And oh, Daniel Jones. Guys so like, you can start, but not yeah. necessarily. Right. I'll just piece those guys together for a QB too. So that's usually what I'll I'll end up doing. Um, I don't try to like make sure that at any cost I have two, you know, top 12 guys. Um, I can kind of live with, you know, one top six would be great. And as long as I have somebody in that top 15, 18, even um, I'm good to go. So that that's generally how I'm, 
how I'm playing. But after after last year, I'm making sure that I am not sitting there with only two uh, because you are you are not in good shape in that in that way. So you want to be the man with the QBs. So as like, for example, and I did a startup last year and I made sure I had my QBs like I went Dak. I got Lance. I took Deshaun Watson even when he was expe- uh, suspended. I took Jimmy Load G. Up. I drafted Kenny Pickett this year late, like late in round one. I was like, I will always have a QB. Um, so <laughs> if you ever want to feel true pain, go into Superflex with like one. Best of luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. I, and I'm I'm with you on that. Um, I think at this point, now that Superflex is becoming more the norm, um, especially in Dynasty, uh, you know, I, I'm actually almost leaning more towards having two elite guys and then still having a third. Um, like I have uh, Mahomes and Allen in a league and you can't pretty much can't get any better than that. Uh, and yet I added Mariota through a trade um, and I drafted Pickett because he fell far enough and I drafted Willis because he fell far enough. So it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll just have those guys and I'll sell them or, you know, whatever, I'll figure it out. So um i'm generally with you if my team's pretty loaded or if the league's active enough but if i'm in a startup now uh uh, i generally like to do the opposite of what rocky and i did in in the second listener league and go ahead and get those two studs and then figure out the rest um bobby where where are you at yeah it's funny that you mentioned that because we would have been good partners there scott because that's what i like to do um back when i was more active and i was on you know writing for the two qbs website and Superflex wasn't as important. I've often been a guy that, one, I've always loved Superflex Dynasty, and two, I've always preached the method of getting those two stud quarterbacks because from my experience, what it allows you to do is in your rookie drafts then in future years, you don't really have to worry about quarterbacks that much if you have them already. And so you don't have to worry about trying to hit on the rookies. And yeah, sure, it's worked out a decent amount with like you know people getting Herbert, Allen, whatever, so you can get them cheap in the rookie draft, but I much rather use my rookie picks on like wide receivers or trying to turn my running backs that way and just not even just set it and forget it with my quarterbacks, kind of like the tight end position. And that's what I've preached for a while and it's worked pretty well for me in my leagues. But the one thing that I've started to go, I think a little bit differently than you on is I used to still have those two studs and then like still want a solid third guy. Now with my third guy, depending on the league format, sure, I still want it. But every once in a while, I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, if one of my two stud guys goes down, my chances of winning this thing because my upside in the playoffs is kind of just dead now. So am I really going to overpay for a third guy? Not so much because I'm really relying on those two guys to carry me. And if an injury happens, my season's probably shot anyway, or at least it is in my head. And I will say, you know, once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen, but it's just one of those things that, you know, if you have Allen and Mahomes, for example, and one of those guys goes down, are you really think you're going to win the championship? Probably not. You could pull it out, but the rest of your team is also probably going to have to be really stacked to make up for that loss. Well, I can't even win with both of them, considering I've lost in the championship back-to-back <laughs> years by less than two points, both Oof. times to Graham Barfield. So thanks a lot, Graham. Um, yeah, but yeah, so yes, I that's a good point. Um, you know, it's almost like it's a luxury to have the third now, you know, it's like, it it makes more sense to put those points in your lineup. And so in the league that that particular league that I'm talking about, it's 48 teams. So I know that I have 47 trade partners, um, it's four copies, right? So I, I know that I can, uh, 
I can move those guys and put points in my lineup, which is what I'll likely do with at least two of them. But yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right, so we're going to look ahead here at July ADP. Um, this is off of DLF, by the way. I'm going to just quick quickly run through 1 through 12, and then we're going to essentially say, who do we think that's in this 12 will not be in this 12 next year? So 1 through 12, Allen, Herbert, Mahomes, Burrow, Lamar, Kyler, Dak, Russ, Hertz, Lance, Stafford, Lawrence. That's our 1 through 12 July ADP at the quarterback position. Uh, Bobby, I'll come right back to you here. Who out of that group of 12 will not be in that group of 12 this time next year? It kind of feels like a cop-out answer, but Lawrence just sticks out like a sore thumb among this group. Like everyone else has a pretty easy path, in my opinion, to being, if not a top 12 producer, at least like a top 15 quarterback this year. Lawrence was awful his rookie season, and I know, you know some of that is... The coaching, we all know what happened there. I'm not going to get into that again. It was one of the worst head coaches in NFL history of Herbert Meyer. But even so, there have been other quarterbacks who've had bad coaching or bad situations that still managed to show something at least. And I know Lawrence was like a quote-unquote generational college quarterback. The thing is, we as dynasty owners are just not, or rosterers or managers or whatever you want to call us, are not that patient. And so if Lawrence has another bad season or even just like another okay season, there's no way he will be top 12 with other guys probably taking a step forward this season or just, you know, that random guy who comes out of nowhere. So he just kind of stuck out like a sore thumb uh, from this group. And I feel like I'm taking the cop out answer by selecting him, but I just couldn't not. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely think that makes sense. It's um I'll, I'll kind of circle back to that in my answer, but you know, Kyle, why don't you tell us what you think of, of Lawrence and then give us your answer as well. Yeah, to- totally makes sense. You know, to, I mean, this, his rookie year was horrendous. Trevor Lawrence's rookie year was so bad and you can look at, you know, what was around him and you know, that entire team, like Bobby mentioned a lot going on there, but I mean, it was putrid. I mean, and he had plenty of attempts and, They've put weapons, I guess, around him. Like I, they definitely went with the quantity over quality route um, there in Jacksonville. They signed like every free agent wide receiver um, that has been highly mediocre over the course of their career. So uh, I don't know that they gave him a ton, um, but hopefully, you know, with a different situation, Doug Peterson there, I, I think he'll more than likely take a step. And I could see Jacksonville just staying committed to him at least, you know, through next year and feel pretty safe about that. There's another quarterback that, it's going to come up later that, I mean, I, I think that he might have a better shot of getting like that Josh Rosen treatment. I think teams are more likely to move on from QBs like we've kind of, like we've seen in a few scenarios, but um, uh, the guy that I think is going to fall out of here, potentially in the, that's in the top 12, I think he's QB, I guess, eight here is, is, uh, is Jalen hurts. Uh, he has, he was a second round pick. So he has next to no money committed to him. He's under 2 million cap hit next year. Um, the other thing that obviously plays a part in this for Philadelphia and they've, they've went the opposite route. Like Jacksonville got a bunch of scrubs from Trevor Lawrence. I mean, they have loaded up for Jalen hurts, right? They have Devonta Smith Goddard's there. They went and got, got AJ Brown somehow, um, around Tennessee. Like there's plenty of weapons around Jalen hurts. So I don't think that there's much of an excuse for him anymore that he doesn't have the people around him. You look at Philadelphia, the draft capital that they have, they have their own first next year. They have New Orleans' first, which, again, I can't believe they got. 
I don't think New Orleans is going to be very good this year. So I don't know why New Orleans thinks they're going to be very good this year. So I think that's going to be an earlier pick. They also have New Orleans as 2024 second as an addition to their own picks. Tons of draft capital there. And again, an easy cut bait situation when you look at the money committed to Jalen Hurd. So if I was telling it now, I'm, full disclosure, I was telling everybody last year to get the hell out under from Jalen Hurts because I'm like, one and done. <laughs> this too. guy, just like, you know, I'm just <laughs> strutting down narrative street, you know? And then what do you know? It's 2022. And I'm like, damn, you know, I kind of wish I had Jalen Hurts on some rosters. But, you know, again, I, I do think that the end is near, right? I think the, the train's coming at us and uh, that's, there's a lot of reasons and to why, you know, the fancy numbers were great, but I think that eventually the NFL production will catch up and they, they, they will could cut bait there. Um, on Jalen Hurd. So um, I didn't realize his name was even on there, but I'll quickly just note real quick. I think Stafford, you know, being there, uh, or this was a note I just came up on my show recently when I was looking at it. 41 touchdowns, tied his career high. First time he was over that, anywhere near that amount in quite some time. Yes, he's in Detroit. But the other thing, we look at, it was almost a perfect storm last season. Sean McVay was like, F this, you and Cooper Cup are getting all the touchdowns, right? And 41 touchdowns is a great number. But the thing that concerns me with Stafford this year, in addition to the potential injury, the first four years before that under Sean McVay, the Rams had averaged 20 rushing touchdowns. They were in top, the top five of the league three out of four years. And yes, they had Jared Goff under center. There's got to be a medium there. They had 10 rushing touchdowns last year. I think that's going to go somewhere in the middle. So I think this year Stafford could be looking at, you know, 34, 35. That number is a lot less sexy. Um, and, you know, he'll be another year older. So I, I could see Stafford dropping out too. He's kind of a fringe guy here. He's only one spot ahead of Lawrence in the ADP, but those are kind of the two guys. So I guess I stole two, but that's what I'm going to go with. I have just have two comments to make very quickly. One is Rocky's not even on this podcast. And yet somehow like the Eagles being really great at drafting and making trades for draft capital is still being rubbed in my face. And then the second one is I actually agree with pretty much everything that Kyle said about Hertz. And it just made me feel all these bad feelings again, because speaking of dynasty junkies too, um, Andrew was like, no, 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 we have to draft Jalen Hurts at the back end of the first because he has all this upside. And I was like, I don't know, man, I really don't like this pick. And he like made me feel bad about it. So I basically just gave into it and I was like, fine, this is happening now. But you better work out or you're dead to me, Andrew. That's what I'm saying. Uh, as a cowboys fan i'm really tired of the eagles somehow making all these trades and you know being better than the cowboys that in pretty much every facet besides falling ass backwards into a quarterback in the you know in the fourth round one time Um, so right quick backstory there kyle i do the draft show a couple years running now and rocky has joined or i've joined his show or whatever but somehow i end up podcasting with rocky during the draft and every time I'll be like, oh, the Giants did like something positive. And they'll be like, oh, somehow the Eagles just got like three first. And so <laughs> now every time I log on on those draft shows, the first thing I just say is sometimes I say it quietly. Sometimes I say it loud for whoever the two people that are actually watching. But I say F you, Rocky, just immediately because <laughs> I know where it's going. That's awesome. Uh, well, I think it's um, it's hard to dispute anything you guys have brought up. Uh, essentially, when I looked at this list, you know, the first name that jumped out at me was Hertz because like Kyle said, that's, I've been saying the same thing for a year. Like I'm just not in on him. Um, I mean, you know, I have a handful of shares just because I got him so cheap. It's like, you know, all those Davis Mills shares, you know, Hey, I don't have to spend first round rookie capital on a guy who could have a chance. Great. 
Um, but then I kind of want to sell high too, right? Um, and then you think about all the things that happened with Lance, and then you know, then you look at Lawrence's situation. And so I was kind of like basically anybody outside the top eight, right? So all right, let's let's break it down to those four guys. And I was gonna say Stafford just to be different than you guys, just for the fact that like he doesn't match with these other guys age-wise. If you notice, this is a pretty young list, right? I mean, Russell Wilson is probably the only other one on here um, that's even remotely close. You know, they're about the same. I think they're both 33. Uh, I think Dak's still like 28. Um, everybody else is younger than that and significantly younger in some cases. So I, what I actually did is I looked at like kind of the next group of guys, the next like three, six, nine, 12 quarterbacks. I don't see any of those guys really jumping up in here because there are guys like, you know, Derek Carr, like we know what he is. Like, could he have a good season? Yeah, sure. Is he going to jump into the top 12? Uh, probably not. Um, and so, yeah, to me, that the answer I kind of want to go with was Stafford, just because I think there is that chance. And it's funny that over the last couple weeks, that's the one guy I've been kind of moving off of where I can like tear down. Um, and, you know, everybody on this list, I own quite a few shares of, uh, but yet Stafford's the one I've been willing to trade. So I think that just kind of comes through in my actions more so than anything that I could say of, you know, why I think they will be or not. Uh, but then you got to factor in the rookie class too, right? We'll, we'll have some new rookies coming in and, you know, those guys may not start this high, but I think there'll be a lot of, at least a lot of promise um, for them. And at some point age just becomes such a factor. I mean, Rogers is obviously nowhere near this list and we've seen what he can do. Um, so Stafford age wise and factoring in everything else, I think that makes sense too. Um, Before we jump to the next topic, just rapid fire impromptu question. So would you rather have Hertz or Stafford? Oh, still Stafford. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'd still take Stafford. <laughs> Interesting. I think I would go, I think I'd lean Stafford just because I feel safer with him. But I will say I easily see a scenario where Hertz has way more upside than Stafford at this point. Totally. And if he does show out this year and improves on his passing at all, which I know that's the main thing that people are concerned about with him. If he manages to do that, he will probably get a long-term contract from the Eagles and use that draft capital elsewhere. So if there is, I'll play devil's advocate here, even though I recognize that I am uncertain myself about Hurts and say there is very much a scenario where he shows he belongs in this group. Yeah, definitely. I, I think if you're like, if you can get him at a, kind of you know trade for him at a at, you know from the other owner thinks they're pulling one over on you like i just traded for a one-year rental right you know type thing yeah maybe like i i do think the chances are higher that he's just a one you maybe just 2022 and he would probably get another job somewhere else but you never changing teams and all that and obviously played his way out of a job but it, it comes even if it's just a one-year rental he'll be good this year uh i don't think there's any real scenario of an injury that he isn't good for fantasy this year and like you just said, Bobby, like he has, he'll have the opportunity. It's not like you're trading for Tom Brady, right? Where it's just like, you know, where most likely he'll be done or, you know, somebody like that, where it's like really at the end of the line here. So, um, yeah, I think you can get him at a, at a really good price. And it's definitely, I, I'm, I wish I had at least a share or two somewhere just so I could ride it out. <laughs> but, yeah. But no doubt yeah if you believe in him, you can certainly get him at what a depressed price would be for someone who believes in him right now would be for sure. 
So with yeah, that, just, we will, uh, or sorry, Scott, did you have No, I just there? looked up. I now actually only have one more share of Stafford than Hertz at this point. So they're, nice. they're a lot closer um, than it certainly was even six months ago or even 90 days ago. Um, but yeah, okay, so now we're going to go the opposite way. So uh, out of that, you know, who's not in the top 12 right now that will be next year? And I think... There, there's kind of a couple obvious answers, but I think between the three, among the three of us, we'll uh, we'll be able to cover all of them. So um, I'm just going to start with mine uh, because it's kind of the like easy answer. Basically, it's probably going to be Deshaun Watson because we've seen him do it. He's a top quarterback, and then the questions by then should be over. A year from now, he'll have served his suspension. He'll have maybe been on the field, and we've seen him a little bit. Um, and depending on what happens this year, assuming he's suspended for at least the six games, and if he gets any more, they might have a hard time winning with Jacoby Brissett. And so then all of a sudden, Stefanski might need to win some games, uh, you know, the next year. And so he may open it up a little bit more anyway. Um, you know, they're one of the top rushing teams, obviously. And so even if he gets a little more volume, um, I just think it's going to be Assuming everything goes how we think it's going to go, I think it's kind of the obvious answer. Um, but Bobby, we'll go. We'll go to you. Let me know what you think about that, and then jump into yours. Sure. Um, well, you know, I personally I am grossed out by the whole Deshaun Watson situation, but just from like a pure football well, sure. perspective, I will say that's probably right. Just because most of us, at the end of the day, and I'm not judging anyone, we don't care about anything except winning, similar to the NFL. So he probably will be back up there in ADP and that's fine. And it'll happen. I'll be happy for Amari Cooper, who I've always liked. So and I'll, I'll sell my shares. So I'll be thrilled. <laughs> yes. Yep, exactly. Um, I went, there were a couple of guys here that I was thinking of. Watson was one of them. Um, I think Kyle is going to hit on another one of them, but I went with a person that, or a quarterback that I felt like I've had to defend for a while. And it's funny because I just got, done talking about how Trevor Lawrence was this generational quarterback and hasn't shown it yet. And uh, Tua is kind of similar in that way in that like he was the most efficient college quarterback of all time and hasn't really shown it at the NFL level. But I will say that I think the Dolphins coaching in situations in terms of like their wide receivers and all that stuff has hurt him. I'm not saying that he has really shown enough on his own, but then if you go out and trade for, you know, Tyree kill who, has his own issues speaking of like morality and Watson and whatever, but I won't get into that either. And you have Jalen Waddle already on the team and you bring in a bunch of running backs who also can catch passes from like that Shanahan style of offense. I just think that he will have a very good fantasy season. And if he has a very good fantasy season, particularly with what Tyreek and Waddle can do, then what will happen is people will go, Oh, he has a young, exciting head coach. He was a generational college quarterback. He's already going, you know, like 15th or 16th in ADP. So it won't be like this colossal jump, but maybe he'll jump, you know, Lawrence, for example, they'll trade positions. Yeah, I think that, you know, that definitely makes sense. And I mean, two was the guy that he could be on the rocket ship, right? Because they, they put everything around him and if it comes together, it will. 
And I think everyone knows at this point that I'm I'm not a Tua fan. And I mean, it's really just because he's a lefty. I mean, we know that. Like, let's be honest. You know, lefties just they can't make. It. Um, but I will say I do have a friend in um, one of my leagues who calls Tua just straight up. He refers to him as butt cheeks. And there's part of me that just wants Tua to do well, just to like rub it in this guy's face, be like, oh, it looks like butt cheeks isn't so bad anymore, is he? Well, you know, I was going to say, I I don't watch a lot of like Alabama tape because honestly, which is when you're the dominant team with the best line and you have all the best players and stuff like I never get anything out of that. Like I'm like, oh, is Calvin really good? I don't know. He's wide open every play. I have no idea. Is he good? I don't know. You know, and uh, add in every other Alabama wide receiver ever. You know, I have no idea. Um, They're always wide open. But then you think about like that game, uh, the championship game. I was watching something back. Uh, I can't remember what it was. I don't know if it was one of the receivers. I was watching a clip on Clemson and that championship game came up and just seeing Tua come in at halftime off the bench, basically not playing all season. And this guy just could not be stopped. And I'm like openly rooting against them. Like I hate Alabama. I don't want them to win. And like, just this guy could not be stopped. And I'm thinking like, where is that guy? Because that happened. Like, you know, we kind of forget about that. So even, even, you know, someone who's not a believer necessarily, like it was pretty inevitable at one point that he was, he was going to do something. Right. And so, um, I'll also admit some bias here because being a Giants fan, I was scouting college quarterbacks for a while, just being like, all right, one of these guys is going to be our next guy. And I was like, all right, Tua, you are it. Especially after that game, I was like, this is the guy I want to be our guy. And it didn't end up that way, obviously. But it was one of those, like, I've been dreaming on him for a while. So I think I do have some blinders when it comes to him. Well, that's perspective. It's perspective, right? Because I think if he was a bear, um, I would definitely be be rooting for him you know um even though knowing he's screwed with you know a shitty organization around him but i'd still be rooting for the kid that seems um, like a good segue into uh what Kyle so speaking about. of hey Kyle. there you go uh <laughs> yeah mine was i put justin fields on here he's just like he's probably just outside this in ap like very similar to the watson answer um it's every like everything about this is just gross to me like they did nothing to help him this off season, like nothing. Um, I also always, what, and Byron I, Pringle. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't ESB. I mean, let's, I mean, let's go. Uh, they got Bellis one, Jones <laughs> is very upset with you right now. Yeah. 36 year old rookie. Uh, Bellis Jones. I'll apologize okay. to him at his 28th birthday next week or whatever the hell he's going to turn. Um, so the thing with the other thing I, and I, w- I should go back and see if this is actually a thing. It just feels like it is, but like the old, like, and I hate getting caught up in these narratives. Like, this is a different regime already. Like, this is a new head coach. Do they even want this guy? Like, could they just, right. you know, they, they've done nothing to help him. I think it's going to be an easy excuse to look at him, again, from an NFL perspective. Like, they, these guys got to play good, well enough to keep their jobs. And do they just, again, Josh Rosen to the side real quick? Because this team is going to suck. Um, yep. You know, so they're going to be right there. Assuming, I guess, have they traded their first round pick yet for some you know, uh, another play they don't need. Uh, so assuming they have that, you know, I, I think that, sorry, Scott, uh, but <laughs> um, I, I think that Fields, from a fancy perspective, if, if he has even a decent season, uh, he's going to make it into the top 12. I, I think when you looked at, I think the age thing was a great thing you pointed out earlier, uh, Scott, was just that 
everybody in here is under 30, you know, and, and Fields fits that. When you look below, other than Watson, I like the, I like the Tua call. He's definitely the only other guy that really jumped out to me that could make a jump. Like, like Derek Carr isn't leaping his way into the top 12. Like, I don't care what he does this year. Right. It's not going to happen. Um, he has a Derek Carr could finish QB one with Devontae Adams and no one would care <laughs> no. at all. We'd all be no. like, nope, he's still like QB 16. Don't yes. Care. So I think Fields is just the obvious answer here. I, I don't know that it's going to happen just because I, I think it's going to be tough for him to put up even a decent, like just mediocre season. I, I think it's going to be a struggle once again. And I just think he needs more weapons so we can truly evaluate him and hopefully we get that time. But um, I, I was really tough looking at this one because I was kind of looking at like even just rankings and kind of seeing what these guys that just feels like so many guys are just kind of stuck, you know, where they're at. And that's why like I and I, and we were actually I don't know if it was when we went live or before we were joking about uh, the Malik Willis hype train already right after one one game. But like that's the kind of guy like if I can get him, he he could be look at Trey Lance. He's how many passes has he thrown? It, and Tannehill's contract, if you would have told me, what, two years ago or whatever, that Jared Goff's monster contract could somehow get moved and right. that Carson Wentz's contract could somehow get moved. Right. You know, an $18 million dead cap for Ryan Tannehill next year is not the biggest roadblock. I mean, and there's another team that could say, like, yeah, we'll take Ryan Tannehill. Like, if he struggles, you know, or, you know, as far as, like, the numbers-wise, he didn't put up a monster season last year. If he doesn't produce again and they and they don't really make the playoff run that they were hoping, you know, the minute Willis is a starter to the roof, like as far as ADP goes, whether that's right or wrong. So those are the two guys that really jumped out to me in addition to the guys you guys mentioned. So um, I don't honestly don't know if I'd rather just I'd rather have fields and pay the price or if I'd rather get Willis like so cheap and just be sitting there like there's maybe just as much chance as both of those guys like might be even. <laughs> on their 2023 ADP if if Willis breaks into the starter role. But the Willis call is a good one, honestly, because that not only with everything that you just mentioned, but also just because people are very much holding on to their priors about like before the draft, he was supposed to be like the 101 in Superflex. And I don't care that he fell to in the dra- actual NFL draft. He's still the 101. And as soon <laughs> as he has like one good game, it's going to be like, oh my God, Willie Willis is the best. Yep, exactly. So yeah, I, I, I definitely wouldn't. Don't know if I'd be in a green like with doing it myself, but I could definitely see the ADP being there. So uh, I guess that I don't know if that's cheating for my answer, but I, I keep throwing two at you, so I guess I can't. You know, hey, less likely to be wrong. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, listen, when you live here in Chicagoland, uh, you have no choice but to be affected by all the corrupt politicians, and so we just kind of speak out of both sides of our mouths. You know, we don't answer questions really; we just run in circles. I mean, it's a very common thing here, so it just kind of soaks in. You know, it's it's really not our fault. I promise yes. you. What I'm learning is that being compared to someone from Chicago may not have been the compliment that I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering when that would kick in. All right. Well, now that we got that out of the way. Uh, okay. Well, let's, uh, you know, let's wrap up the quarterback talk here with, um, you know, a couple bullet points. Um, I want to mention the, I want to come back to Kenny Pickett because people are already like, you know, people didn't like Pickett to start with. So that's fine. But he still pretty much went 106 to 108 in every single draft that I did, you know, 40 plus drafts. I mean, it's not like I'm in three leagues. Okay. And where three outliers can happen. I mean, I've seen it consistently in 40 leagues. He's went as high as three and as low as 11 and every, every other one was like six to eight. 
Um, but like they're when reports come out that oh Mason Rudolph is playing ahead of like okay, if you don't like him, it that doesn't change anything for you. Okay. And if you do, it shouldn't change anything for you. Uh, my whole point is that he's a first round pick to the Steelers organization, which is very much the opposite of the Bears organization. They're going to put pieces around him. They're going to do things to help him succeed. And so having watched most of Trubisky's snaps in the NFL, I can tell you that even when they put him in a good situation, he's just really not that good. Um, and so if you look at their schedule, Pittsburgh, uh, their bye week is week nine. Their first eight games are pretty brutal. I, I don't think it's the toughest schedule in the league, but it's, it's definitely up there. Uh, I know they have, I think, uh, like the jets week four. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, their division's tough. Um, it's going to be a rough start. So they're going to start with Trubisky. They're going to see what happens. Maybe he can run around and make some plays. Uh, he certainly has better weapons than he had in Chicago. So could he have a fantasy impact? Sure. But I can pretty much guarantee you that at some point, whether it's week 10 coming out of the bye or whether it's later in the season, uh, we're going to see some Kenny Pickett. Okay. And so from a value standpoint, that's all I'm trying to get across with the fact that I think his value is insulated, that we're we're going to see him. Now, if he comes out and he's atrocious, <laughs> that probably doesn't help. But I think they're still investing a first-round pick in him, so I, I think he's going to uh, ultimately, he's going to probably play this season and or, you know, he's going to be the future. So I, I just don't think that even like Trey Lance, you look at him, he came out, he didn't really he didn't do anything special at all. I mean, yeah, he can run. So he's a different type of player, but his value went through the roof. I mean, look at where he's at now. And I mean, what has he done? What has he shown? So, uh, you know, even if we see Pickett for a couple starts and he's not that great, but then all of a sudden next year is like, okay, we're turning it over to, to him. I mean, he's going to have some value at some point. So, um, I mean, that's kind of where I stand on that situation. I think it's pretty unlikely that Trubisky just, blows everyone away and just is the starter all 17 games and you know all that so i don't know what you guys think about that but that's it seems very obvious it seems very obvious that we would look back two months from now and go oh yeah this is yeah Pickett will be starting in a couple weeks and and we're off and running like does that not make sense to you guys i, I had the schedule like noted too like they play cincinnati buffalo and tampa three of their first six games Whew. that's zero and three they have a game against new england you know, you know, so in there too. And so, and then the other is uh, Cleveland and New York. So those are out of order, but you know, so maybe if, if Watson, well, Watson will be suspended, there's no way he's getting less than three. Right. I guess. Right. Uh, so you know, maybe they're two and four. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, as far as like the, every, I haven't been way too many leagues cause nobody wanted him. He was just like sat there and I'm like, all right, well, the elite guys are off the board at the skill positions. I don't really want, you know, to reach on James cook here at, 109 right. or 108 or whatever. So just take it and you got to love the fact that at least, you know, through next season, he's going to have Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Chase Claypool, Friermuth, Najee, like that's not going anywhere. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, that that's locked and loaded. So, I mean, he's, he's a guy I was scooping up everywhere just because I can flip him for, you know, much better, much something much better. Most, most likely, mo that's the odds, right? Mm -hmm. That's all we're trying to do here is we're trying to play the odds. And most likely, 
will be able to get a value gain on him for sure. Bobby, what do you what do you think? Yeah, I was trying to find a stat that I read a while ago, and I will also say that this is the Kenny Pickett lovers podcast, apparently, because I too <laughs> and I don't Kenny like Pickett. it. By the way, I don't. I don't think he's going to be like great, but I'm just saying. I'm just trying to gain value. Just to be I know, really. Clear I was going to say that because I also roster a decent amount of Kenny Pickett, and it was because it's there is great value, not just I and mean, this is name agnostic, not in taking Kenny Pickett. But essentially taking whatever quarterback falls to like the end of the first in your rookie draft, because, okay, if they don't hit, sure, you're out of first round pick and that sucks. But like, generally speaking, when they hit, they gain so much more value than that, like 110 pick or that 112, that it's just worth the risk every time to take it because you will hit on a couple of them and it'll make your team that much more valuable. Even if you just re-roll to the next year basically just okay i'll take any 23 first for him like you know yep. he starts you get you get a 23 first you take it because you just gain value you, like so guaranteed i found the stat i was looking for and this is an article from 2021 and it averaged i think since 2004 and it was essentially like quarterbacks taken in the first round on average start 10 games in the rookie season so if you take those numbers, like, yes, we are going to see Kenny Pickett at some point this season. I agree with you guys. I think it makes the most sense after that buy because the schedule is brutal. But honestly, it wouldn't surprise me to see him a bit earlier, just given what else they're rolling out there. We all know that Mitch Trubisky cannot look left for whatever reason. He's the Derek Zoolander of the NFL world. We also know that Mason Rudolph can't play football. He just oh, can't. Terrible. He's been given every opportunity to show that he can play football and he can't. So they're going to put pick it out there. And to your point, and this is the point that I was making to everyone when they were ignoring drafting Pickett to begin with, he played football in the same stadium as the Steelers. They didn't have to like go send special scouts. They were there in the building <laughs> seeing what he did and went, this is our guy. And this is an organization that, sure, you could say, like, they don't have a great history of drafting quarterbacks, you know, outside of Ben. But they have a great history of being a winning organization, drafting players in general that go on to have great NFL careers. So I will bet on the odds that Kenny Pickett is at least an average quarterback. I'm not saying he's going to be, like, the next amazing quarterback, but can he right. give you, like, maybe a Kirk Cousins-type career? Oh, I think I'm, that's I'm all in range of outcomes. And so I will bet on that. And if he does literally anything this year, to Scott's point, people will still be like, he's a young quarterback who's starting for a good franchise and his value will probably go up. So that's where I stand on Kenny Pickett. I, and, I don't even love him. I just love the value. And so I have to like sound like I love Kenny Pickett because <laughs> I love the value that he's giving me right now. That's 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 exactly right. And I don't think Big Ben was not a top 10 pick either. I don't believe I think he was like teen er, early teens, maybe if I remember right, like 13, 12, 13, maybe that sounds um, right. It wasn't it definitely wasn't any higher than that. So it's not like he was like the 101. You know what I mean? He was not the first pick. He was not the right. first quarterback. Picked 11, <laughs> 11. OK, so outside the top 10. You nailed <laughs> OK, outside the top 10. Hey, I was correct. Um. But, you know, again, they say anything all oh, past, you know, top three, top five, top ten. I mean, those guys have a low hit rate. Well, OK, sure. But they also don't all go to Pittsburgh. OK, the counter, because the Chicago's taking a lot of those guys. It's the Steelers only had that first round pick and like, sure, they could have traded up. But like 
that's why I find, don't get me wrong. I get some of the stats are like, okay, top 10 is important or whatever. But at the same time, it's like the team that selected you selected you and maybe they didn't have a pick in the top 10 and that's why you didn't go top 10. Right. Right. No doubt. I mean, it's, uh, I like to play the odds when I can, but at the same time you have to kind of factor in, you know, it, is it the Jets or the Bears or the Jaguars taking you, you know, or is it the Steelers or the Chiefs or, you know, um, but yeah, also to your point that the organizations picking the top 10 are usually yeah. not good organizations. Yeah, I mean, that's just common sense. That's just common sense. And and to just round out the value point on that, the very league we talked about earlier where I have Mahomes and Allen um, here, I'm thinking, well, I'm just loading up on skill players and just putting points in my lineup and just wrecking the league. Right. But I get to 111 where my pick is and it's four copy league. And there was a pick. There was a share of picket still sitting there. The first one, I think, went in the 108 range. And then I think there was a 109 and another 111 maybe. But I had he's sitting there. I am still going to take him because no matter what I pretty I almost can't lose on that. I mean, unless he's literally just Mason, Rudolph, like you know, I, I almost can't lose on that bet. So that's what that's what we're trying to do. Sometimes it's not always about like, oh, I have to find you know, I have to get a Patrick Mahomes or a Jamar Chase with every draft pick. Like, we just need to add value. Um, all right, I don't really care about any of these other quarterbacks. I mean, Jimmy G's going to end up somewhere or whatever. Uh, <laughs> we can pretty much say the same stuff about, like, Ritter at some point in Atlanta. I think they're going to be really bad, and Ritter will get some time to play this year, um, which is why I took him at the 211 in that league. Because, Or, no, I'm sorry, I actually was going to, but I have in many leagues taken him late in the second um again i think he's gonna play at some point so we'll figure that out do you guys have thoughts on any of those other guys or can we kind of move on to the next thing here well the one thing i did notice on the show sheet is i think you put once to no never mind and i just want to say um i did take some late sam howell in a couple rookie drafts and it was honestly just like there's a chance that once is so bad that howell starts a couple games this year and if he starts literally like even one game, me taking him at like the end of the third or early fourth, I'll be able to flip that for probably like at least an early third, if not a late second or something like that. So I, if you can get Sam Howell that cheap, and you probably can, because most people are like, why would you even bother? It's not the worst investment to make in a super great league. Because if he starts one game, I guarantee you there'll be an owner who's not having, or sorry, I keep using the wrong language there. Uh, manager who will not have a quarterback because of injury or buy or whatever and they'll give you a pick because they're desperate and you'll just profit from that how no how and and mac Rowell after they made the baker trade like both those guys were going so they're so they're free i mean they're yeah. just freaking free yep. and yep. i i took i took crowl in a league about a week ago because he was just sitting there uh i might i might have pinged you scott i literally every manager like in the fourth round i was like I was like, hey, I want this. I was trying to get that pick, get that pick, get that pick. And I finally got it like the 410. And I'm like, you know, they're neither of these quarterbacks, Darnold or Baker, are under contract for next season. Right. Like, right. and they've both proven to be horrible. Like, you know, like, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I, you know, Baker's going to be, I think he'll be playing. And, you know, there's, you, there's been splits. He's been fine and all that. So maybe not horrible, but whatever. I, they, they, and they paid up to go get Matt Corral this season. So that might say more about the, panthers organization to be honest but again like he starts one game and there you go so i mean th those guys are 
it was crazy how just they for free. It's not like they got drafted, you know, to Kansas City and it's just like, oh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is there for eternity. Like there's yeah. not really much in front of them. There's so. a non-zero chance that they play this year. Yeah. To your you know, point, Carl, I know um, Scott did a show with Scott Connor, I think like a month ago now or something like that. And they were talking about late round rookie picks and how you need to essentially stop wasting them on wide receivers, which I also <laughs> agree with. Yeah. And that's why like, sure, it might be gross and you might think those quarterbacks never have the opportunity, but they probably have more opportunity than that. Like, six string wide receiver that you're drafting at that point yes stop taking justin ross and like <laughs> all off season like. totally totally <laughs> agree and i used to and that was not what i used to do and i have come around like 100 180 oh, yeah it wasn't what so, i used to do either yeah. i was like this yeah. wide receiver is gonna find his way up the death chart yeah. look so smart <laughs> that's right yes i'm smarter than nfl teams that's right you heard it here on dynasty junkies we know more than the NFL, okay? We don't need millions of dollars in scouting departments. <laughs> we could see it with our own eyes. <laughs> oh, Twitter man. will give us the highlights we need to see. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's all we need. What are you going to spend all that money on? Come on, Twitter. All right. Uh, just a couple quick Listener League updates. Um, we didn't have anything super exciting in, in Listener League 2. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie for Dearness Johnson. And I'll say that piggybacks right off of that, uh, what we were just saying, because those threshold receivers, like McKenzie could have a role. You know, I don't know how many times you're going to start him, but like Dearness Johnson, pretty much, he may only give you two or three games in the season, but you're going to know when those games are, and he's likely going to produce because we've seen it in the past. So, and Hunt was um, trying to get himself traded too, so that might know, really work out. Yeah, now now that could him. that could even be better. Yeah, so I, I like that. Um, and then uh, in the original listener league, we had uh, the team unleash the dragon just go absolutely bonkers and give up all sorts of players here. Uh, he traded away Kenneth Walker, David Njoku, a 23 second, Chase Edmonds, Alvin Kamara, a 23 third, Hunter Renfro, and a fourth. All that in three separate trades to get back um, essentially a bunch of picks, 24 second, 23 second, 24 first, George Kittle, so kind of re reloading, resetting it there. So that's uh, that was a busy, not not just a busy week, not just a busy Saturday, but that all happened over a period of like 18 minutes. So uh, shout out there to uh, Unleash the Dragon. That was um, that was pretty impressive there. That's uh, at Real Goat 13 on Twitter. That was uh, that was nice, man. That's that's some junky moves right there. I like it. That would be a busy year's worth of trading for some people. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That 18 minutes just blew some minds, man. It was like alert after alert. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, did I miss something? Like, is somebody, you know, like, all right, let's get into our find me a trade. This one is submitted by Steven Munger, who is in Junkies Listener League 2, I believe. Um, let's see. So. He has a MFL league, which is great. We love the MFL leagues because they're easy for us to see. That's the only reason. That's all I'm saying. They're just easy for us to pull up. Uh, this one is a safe leagues, super flex 2.0 tight end premium, uh, 28 roster spots. They used to be 32. And I don't know why Scott Fish knocked them down to 28. They used to be 32 with uh, six rounds of rookie picks. And now they're 
they're 28 with four rounds, which I mean, the, the correlation works. I'm just saying 28. I mean, I have like redraft leagues that are deeper than 28. So I don't, I don't, I don't love that. Uh, but you know, it, it is what it is. Um, start 10, pretty traditional one quarterback, two running back, three receivers, one tight end, and then your, your two flex and super flex. So Steven says he took over this orphan in March of this year. So what, five months ago, um, the team was top in possible points last year and lost to lost in the finals. Uh, he gives a series of trades here that he made, which um, just about every one of them, I actually would say that every one of them I would do a hundred percent. So definitely on the right track there had only one pick in the rookie draft, which was 111, and took George Pickens. Who, according to Twitter, is now worth four firsts, so good job. Now, I mean, hey, sell them, sell them for all the firsts in the league. Now you are now entitled to all the firsts. Um, you know, source Twitter. Uh, he has his 23 first and second, and then someone else's fourth next year. So a little bit of future draft capital. Um, Bobby, do you... Yeah, want to read what he says and I'll pull up his team. Sure. I'm going to sum this up really quickly. Yes. While we appreciate you you writing us a essay. And we we use the information, but yes, you can sum it up for the podcast. Yeah. For the meme, I will say, I'm happy for you. I ain't reading all that, but happy for you (laughs) or sad that it happened. Um, That said, he's a little concerned about mixing cup. Diggs and Allen because he thinks he's going to lose their value from now from here on out, which he may not be wrong about. Um, you know, they'll probably help his team contend this year, but he is looking to possibly get a little bit younger while still contending. Uh, the only players he says he won't trade away are Mark Andrews or Patrick Mahomes, or he'd be, he didn't even say he wouldn't trade them. He'd just say he'd be very hesitant. So he's open to trading pretty much anyone and he's comfortable having like a zero RB type of running back room were the things that we were uh, told to keep in mind. And then his main challenge has been that he wanted to trade away any aging, but productive players at a value that, but get similar production youth back and just looking for any suggestions there. And since I'm already talking, I guess I will go with my trade and I don't know Looking at it now, I did this earlier today, and looking at it now, I'm still not sure that it's that realistic of a trade, but I guess it depends on the people in your league. Oh, real quick, so, let me let me just say a couple of names on his roster, and then yes, sure. I want you to do yours first. Um, so his quarterback room is Mahomes, Stafford, uh, Mariota, and Baker. Uh, running back room, Gainwell, McKissick, Michelle, Mixon, Montgomery, P. Ryan, um, retired James White, Jeffrey Wilson, uh, wide receivers, Keenan Allen, Callaway, Diggs, A.J. Green, uh, Cooper Cup, Isaiah McKenzie, George Pickens, Wandale Robinson, Curtis Samuel, tight ends, Andrews, Ertz, Everett, Gesicki, uh, Logan Thomas, Isaiah Likely. So definitely a very, very strong roster. Every group has studs. Every group has depth. Uh, so overall, very good roster and lots of pieces to work with. So go ahead, Bobby. Yeah, so I was going to just say that I would try to trade Cooper Cup based on the hype from last year, especially of what we talked about with the Rams historically having a good rushing game too and just not being that way last year and Stafford and Cup really hooking up. Um, I would try to flip him for Rocky's boy, Deontay Johnson, and Adam Holtz's 23 firsts. We all know the 23 firsts are gold, so I'm not sure that 
Adam would necessarily do that, or I don't even know if that person's real name is Adam, but I'm assuming that it is Adam just based on your team name. Um, but the scoring, at least in this format between the two players, was so significantly different last year in terms of like, I think it was roughly like 200 points, which is a huge swing that maybe he'd be willing to go for it. And Adam Holtz's team also looks like it could be a contender. And my note to Steven was it could hurt him a bit for this year, just because if Trubisky is starting, you know, half the games for Pittsburgh, if we want to call it that, it may not be great for Deontay, although it may also be great for Deontay because he'll just throw it over the middle and then Deontay can do what he does. Um, But it does help his goal of having a player that can help him still produce this year while getting younger and also getting the 23 first, which will help his long-term value of his uh, team. So, what do you guys think of this potential trade? Kyle, why don't you start? Yeah, I, I was trying to find a cup trade too because uh, he mentioned like, you know, just the, the very scary old guys uh, in Cooper Cup and Stefan Diggs and Keenan Allen, you know, those, uh, you don't want those guys on your roster, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, cup is definitely the one that, you know, his value is just crazy. Like I can't remember the last time, especially with just how, how crazy we all are for, these young players, like he, that his age better have a two at the front of it, or you know, we're gonna riot, right? And and I've, I can't. There's just so many places I'm seeing Cup Dynasty wide receiver three or four, and I'm like, man, that just seems nuts. Like I know he's a, was a stud last year, and that was great, and he has Stafford still, and that's all wonderful. But like, how long is that gonna last? Uh, as far as like we're that we're that high on him, so I think cashing out on Cup was the thing I was trying to do as well. Um, if you could get Deontay in a first form, I I would I would make that move. I think it does hurt you a little bit. Um, you lose that magical Stafford uh, Cup stack, but uh, I, I, you get younger, which is what you're, you mentioned here. You're not going to be able to trade all three of these older guys, you know, for all young studs. So I, I think that helps. Um, I would make that move if you could. I was trying to figure out other trades. wasn't the one I came up with, um, but to try to move Cup um, there. But yeah, to get that first two. The other thing is. While I really like his roster, you got Joe Mixon and David Montgomery as his running back. So I'm probably looking ahead to try to get those first lined up so I can hopefully get a running back um, next year to potentially replace Montgomery. Um, but that it's not a huge downgrade at the receiver. And, and Cup would definitely be the one I, if I had more time, I would try to come up with a, a trade as well. But this is a, would be a good move if you could pull it off. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, this is more prominent at the running back position, but typically when you see an outlier year or historical year, um, you know, people say, well, even if he does 30% less, it's still incredible. Well, yeah, it is. But like, typically that's not what happens, you know? Um, Now wide receivers, we've had some repeating of, you know, Antonio Brown was pretty dominant for a few years there. Randy Moss had a couple of years there. Um, you know, we saw Julio um, always up there for several years at a time. We've seen some Packers receivers do it, um, you know, anyone playing with Manning. So it's not like we think Cooper Cup is just going to go to zero or fall off a cliff. Um, but just like what he's given you, if you can get someone to pay what he did for you last year, then you basically have to do it, even if you don't want to. Like, I know it sucks. I don't want to trade Cooper Cup either, but at the same time, if somebody's willing to pay for past performance, um, you, you have to do that deal. So now you're also losing a stack there because you have Stafford. 
Um, and so, you know, I mean, that, that may not be important to some people that I do like to play with stacks personally. Um, and it's hard to trade a player like that, especially a guy who likely will be still a top guy here for the next couple of years. Um, but it's all about the value and what that 23 first could turn into. I mean, Deontay Johnson likely is leaving Pittsburgh anyway, after this season, I don't think they're going to pay him. Um, you know, either Pittsburgh has a good quarterback and they pay him and he stays there or, you know, they don't and doesn't matter because he's leaving. Uh, and if he gets paid somewhere, he's likely going to be in, in a good situation, um, you know, target wise or with a better quarterback or whatever it may be. So I think ultimately that's the type of trade that, you know, we, we have to make these trades if we want to keep our teams rolling and our dynasties rolling for, for years and years. If your only goal is to win this year and then you're going to bounce, um, which is, you know, people do that in safe leagues, you know, more so than maybe like a home league, right? Uh, it, they might try a strategy and they're going to go all in and then they're going to bounce like, okay, well, maybe, maybe you don't do it. Um, but the whole goal is to like win back to back or get that three peat when there's nothing Real like winning quick, a three. So I think you may have missed this, but Deontay Johnson did sign an extension through 2025. Did he last week? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah I well. missed it too, actually. Like, and then a okay. couple days ago, I saw it. And that's why, like, when we were Amazing. talking about earlier, he's really locked in with those. Yeah, with those so weapons. he'll be in Pittsburgh for a while, whether that's a good I mean, or bad perfect. thing. He will be there in the next couple of years. Perfect. Well, we know the system. We know the position. We know the targets are there. So that's fantastic. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, so, yeah, regardless, I think it doesn't change anything on this. I'm still doing this trade if I can pull it off. Uh, and I, I like to have the youth and also the upside of that, that first, which again, you don't even have to get to the first to use it necessarily. You can then go ahead and trade that for something else. Like if Deontay isn't giving you the production you need this year, well, now you have two 23 first that you can go maneuver around with any one of those or both and buy another player that you need to, to get your championship. Also, one last point on Cup. So 30%, I was, while you all were talking, I was curious what 30% of last year's production would be for him. <laughs> okay. He would still have 1,363 receiving yards, which just to give you an idea, before last season, Cooper Cup had hit over 1,000 yards once in his career. Once. And he still would have also had, let's see, it would have been 12 touchdowns, which he has broken double-digit touchdowns, also one other time in his career. So if you're really expecting 30% of last year's production, you're expecting him to essentially have another outlier season. And I know that, you know, it's different because it's with Stafford. So maybe his ceiling is much higher than it used to be, but 30% just feels like if you're really trying to bake in realistic regression, you probably have to go much higher than 30%. That's, cr that's crazy. That's actually crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's also what happens when you have a guy who had almost 2000 yards receiving last year. Yeah. His, it was his numbers of how far he was above everyone in each category was nuts. Like it was that last, that year was just crazy. I don't, and I don't know that it got talked to, I almost think it didn't get talked about enough, like on how insane he was like compared to everybody else, but yeah, great season and great point by Bobby. Like he, even that 30% reduction is not like what he's done over the course of his career. So get out while the getting's good. You're selling at the ultimate high. It's not going to get any higher than this for on Cooper cup. 
That's right. That's right. Regardless of what he does, he's just going to keep aging. And, you know, we know what that does to value. Right. Um, one, one more point, just because I looked <laughs> it up because Kyle brought it up. So compared to the field, the next closest was Devonte Adams, who had roughly 400 less receiving yards or fewer receiving yards than uh, Cooper Cup. So there you go. Then also Devonte <laughs> Adams was 300 yards ahead of Tyree Kill. So wow. to put it in perspective, Tyree Kill, who had the third most receiving yards last season, Cooper Cup had roughly 700 more receiving yards than he did. That's... Yeah, it was uh, four and a half fantasy points per game better than the wide receiver two in points per game last season. Four and a half. That is <laughs> insanity. <laughs> yeah. That is bonkers. I, and he yeah, turns gonna... 30 next year, so his legs will fall off. So <laughs> I'm gonna, that that's right. He's <laughs> just decrepit immediately. Like, that's just how it works. Needs, so needs a walker to get around with, like, the tennis um... balls on the end. <laughs> I should I'm know. Gonna, I'm also over I'm 30, move so chairs. that's how I get around. <laughs> Dude, I I felt so I I felt so old watching uh, Hard Knocks this week because all the coaches were players that I've watched play, and I'm like, right? Oh no, I'm, I know. I'm old now. <laughs> like, damn it. <laughs> oh man, it's so funny that they actually like made that a segment in the show because I was sitting there thinking that at the yes. same exact time. I was like, wait a minute, wait, no, he was there, and I watched him, and he was wait, he's a former player, and he's a former, and he's a former player. I was like, wow, that's that's incredible. I mean, I guess it makes sense, right? Like. Yeah. logically you know i mean it is detroit so we can't assume that anything's gonna work It'll but work, yeah. it's kind of hard not to root for those guys you know a lot a lot of uh a lot of good guys there so yeah. um, hopefully Walker they still saw a um, but, yeah. wide receiver coach and that makes me feel bad or weird because he was like one of the first fantasy players i ever drafted <laughs> and i'm like now you're a coach and that's strange <laughs> oh love Antoine randwell oh. i remember well, watching him in college so why don't we go over to uh, our guests, find me a yes. trade, and then we'll end with Scott's. Let's so do it. Kyle, let's uh, have you read off your trade and your thoughts on it. Sure. And I almost thought about renaming the section, find me a team name, uh, because <laughs> his team name is just a good team name. Uh, but I ran out of uh, creativity when I when I made my Twitter handle. So That's good enough. That's fantastic. But uh, yeah, so... I, I was really trying to come up with a good cup trade and I kind of just ran out of time there. Um, but I, the, the harder one to trade, I think will be, I had a trade with Keenan that involved Keenan Allen. Um, I own Keenan Allen in a league that I'm in with Scott. I'm not a contender. I've been trying to give away Keenan Allen all summer. Nobody, wants we almost him. made a trade. We're Nobody. close. Yeah, we we're were. Close. That was about as close as we got. And, uh, and yeah, still no dice. So, uh, with everybody else, I it, I get it. It's hard to move, but he's still paired with with Justin Herbert. He's gonna have a great year this season, um, you know. And so maybe you know we're expecting maybe two years out of Allen, but this year for sure he's gonna be top twelve because he is every year. Uh, but the trade I put together is with a team that I think that I kind of identified as a team that may think they're a contender, but I don't really think they are. Um, and it grabs a player that I have kind of been interested in acquiring even, you know, and obviously I wish I would have done this six months ago before Russell Wilson arrived, but Jerry Judy is just so interesting to me that he's still so super young. And even when Wilson was traded there, he didn't really go up as much as I thought. So I know he hasn't yeah. produced yet um, like CD lamb, but I mean, it's not like CD and I'm a Cowboys fan. It's not like CD and lamb is completely blown up his first two seasons. I mean, he's been good and now he's the only show in town. 
because the Dallas Cowboys are idiots and they don't want to pay market value for like a top freaking 10 wide receiver, whatever. Um, not salty. Uh, but Jerry Judy is like 15 spots lower than CeeDee Lamb when you look at rankings and things. So the trade that I put together is a team that I won't go through this entire team's other roster, but they have some good pieces. Like they have J.K. Dobbins and Brees Hall. Um, and uh, they have a few good other, like they have Michael Pittman, who is obviously a stud because Twitter and Allen Robinson, but the quarterbacks that this stood out to me, he has Trey Lance uh, and then he has Jared Goff and Matt Corral. That's it. So he probably feels like he's all right in these other positions. So the trade that I put together was Keenan Allen and trading away Baker Mayfield as well for Jerry Judy and a first. Now I'm okay. Even if you got to toss in your second here, um, because I think if you trade Keenan Allen Baker in your second, what you're really doing is you're acquiring Jerry Judy. And then that first, I think is going to be early. I, I think it, it could be a top six picks, not going to be top five or like top three, but I think it could be somewhere in that four to four to eight range. And your second is probably going to be late. So you're, you're making up a, a pretty big difference there. So again, Keenan Allen Baker, I'd be okay throwing in your 20, uh, 23 second for Jerry Judy and a first next year. Um, I threw that in a calculator just to make sure I wasn't insane and it, and it lined up. Okay. So if you could pull that off, I think you accomplish uh, your goal of trying to get a little bit younger, considering you have those three stud receivers that are all 29 or older. I guess I'll give my thoughts first. I definitely like this trade. Um, I have a bet with another host of the show, Rocky about Jerry Judy versus Cortland Sutton. Cause Rocky just absolutely hates Jerry Judy. I don't even think it's about player values. There's just like something Jerry Judy does to Rocky that is like, no, I have to talk trash about this player constantly. If anyone mentions even anything positive about Jerry Judy, like sets Rocky off. <laughs> so I like it just for the fact that it will make Rocky mad that you're trading for Jerry Judy. But I also sincerely like it in that, you know, with Russ in town, we sincerely don't know whether it's going to be Judy or Sutton who's going to take over there. But we have seen... Russ support two top wide receivers in Lockett and DK Metcalf. So basically, as long as he continues to do what he's done, and you also think Denver did not just bring him in to not essentially let Russ cook, so maybe there's even more passing attempts there. You're taking Keenan Allen, who, don't get me wrong, I love a lot, but turning him into a high upside, probably a, like not the lowest floor in the world piece in Jerry Judy, and you're getting those 23 firsts that everybody loves, and you're right, I don't think this team is a true strong contender, so it's probably more like a mid-first, if not a slightly early mid-first. And I agree, if you have to throw in your second-round pick to get this deal done, I would still do it because you're getting all that value from the 23 first, which you could then turn around and trade for an additional piece or get back your second if you care that much and another piece on top of it. So I like this trade a lot. Good job, Kyle. Appreciate appreciate it. <laughs> well, two things. I'm going to tell you why I love this trade a lot. Um, number one, because I also identified Rising Unit as a team that I think uh, might think they're better than they actually are. It looks like maybe they just went through a rebuild or at least some sort of retool and got some youth and some young picks. Um, I also, not only after identifying that team, but I also then was uh, putting together a trade for Judy. So um you know this is definitely <laughs> good thing i didn't right because we would have essentially had the same the same trade here so uh, i'm glad i decided to go a different direction um but we kind of had similar thought processes and i'll i'll just kind of take this right into my trade 
when you say like, okay, well, who's going to take Keenan Allen, you know, who's going to trade Judy for Allen and give up a first, but the kicker there is Baker, right? And because he already has another Carolina quarterback and because he has some uncertainty, like Baker could actually be the difference in his roster. I mean, I don't think he would be, but I'm just saying you could, you could definitely make an argument that with rising units roster, adding a potentially starting quarterback, that's not, you know, completely worthless, um, you know, could help that team move forward. And so that's, that's why you would want to make that move. Um, and so with my trade, uh, I found another team that also could use a, a guy like Baker and you can see the theme here of wanting to move him. Uh, and maybe this trade needs to wait a couple of weeks until he's announced the starter, which is pretty much all but guaranteed. I mean, let's be honest. If Darnold beats him, I mean, he's just done. That's it. I don't think Baker's going to play. He'll probably be in the XFL next year if he gets beaten out by Sam Darnold. So, Scott, um, what you're saying is if Baker gets beat out by Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold will be seeing a ghost and its name will be Baker Mayfield. A thousand percent is what I'm saying. And Darnold will still only be 22 years old and younger than every <laughs> incoming quarterback. Yeah. Yes. yes, he's actually younger than Caleb Williams and... Uh, you know, Bryce Young and um, yeah, all those guys. Um, but what I found a team beast mode and moving Baker and I just picked kind of any receiver. I picked Curtis Samuel because he's a guy I like to trade away just because he still kind of has some name value for people, which I don't understand why the guy's never done anything, but everyone thinks he's got so much potential, which great. You take the potential. I'll take the points. Um Essentially, what I want to do is turn this into the strategy of I have the studs, I have the horses to make this run. But what I want to do is get points in my lineup. And then exactly like Stephen, what you were saying about your running backs kind of going zero running back, um, you want to add running backs to that stable so that you have beyond Mixon and Monty to be able to make the run to the championship. You're going to need depth and you're going to need timing and you're going to need more running backs in order to do that. So what I want to do is move some of those non-threshold receivers. Like even if you love Curtis Samuel with the, with the rest of the receivers on your roster, you're never going to start him. It's just never going to happen. And if you're starting him, that means something went seriously wrong and you're no longer going to be contending. So if you can, you know, wait it out. Maybe Baker gets named the starter. Then you move Baker and Samuel to this team beast mode for Juju. Um, and I threw in Teddy B as well, because then maybe you could flip him to the Tua owner. You know, I don't know. Um, that's something that I like to do. I'll take those backup quarterbacks and and then maybe flip them. See if you can get one of those Dearness Johnson type running backs. Uh, you know, if I rostered Tua, I, I would probably be willing to give up, you know, a guy who might start two games um, for you know, the essentially the guaranteed backup starter there. So by turning Baker into some points and then also stacking Juju with Mahomes, I don't necessarily love Juju, but I just think he's an attainable player. Like, you know, I think his deal's like one year, like three and a half million or something. I mean, it's not like there's no guarantee with anything that they're doing there that he's going to be the guy, but certainly we know he's young and he's talented and we've seen what he's done in the past. So you stack him with Mahomes. Hopefully he's a guy that does well this year. If not, you didn't really lose anything. Um, at the end of the day, it's a low risk trade, but this is more about turning your uh, non-threshold receivers into, you know, either guys that you'll actually start in your flex and, or opening up roster spots to use on running backs 
that you can hopefully plug in in the future when they they get their opportunity. So does that make sense, Bobby? It does. My only, I guess, concern is that people are not obviously thrilled with Baker right now. And I feel like he, and at the same vein, Curtis Samuel is also a declining asset in that like they brought in Dotson, they have Diami Brown, you know, they also have Terry McLaurin there. And just, Samuel has just listen hurt. to the beat reporters, man. Curtis Samuel, best shape of his life. Added <laughs> 10 pounds of muscle. I mean, he's running routes like a madman. He's going to be used all over the field. Like, this is just all I'm hearing all the time. Like, it's like, okay, guys. Like, you know, so if you can find that that manager that, that buys in any of that. Yeah, that's advantage. fair. I just, in my, this is very limited sample, but in my dynasty leagues, I found that if I either roster Curtis Samuel or know someone who does, they're having trouble getting even like a third round pick for him right now, which is tough. And so but that's correct. So you're playing with smart people then. Yeah. I mean, because I guess that's how it should smart be. People. That's how it should be. But my point is also like Juju, while people are somewhat down on him, there are still a lot of believers and he is in that chief's offense that just lost Tyreek Hill. So there's a bunch of people who's like, why would I sell low? Why wouldn't I just hold, at least if you're smart, why wouldn't I hold on to Juju and see what he does with Patrick Mahomes before I decide sure. to trade him? So sure, sure. I don't dislike the thought process at all. I just think it may be tough to get Juju for what you're giving up, depending on uh, how smart essentially this owner is. Sure. Fair. That's very fair. Absolutely. Yeah. This team, the, the, and again, like the timing thing, I think could be important here too, because the team that uh, Scott's putting the trade together with, not only is there the timing with Baker being named the starter, but he also, this, this team has Deshaun Watson on it. So like if that turns into 10, 12 games, this is a guy that I think would consider himself a contender when you have a running back stable, the, the team that we're trying to make a trade with here, right. JT, Javante, and DeAndre Swift, that's pretty decent. Um, so, I mean, he he's probably still going to be looking to try to make a run. He has a lot of, he has some other really good pieces um, on this. You might have, the other thing that I was trying to put, I was trying to make a deal with that same team too. Um, uh, but if you change Curtis, if you change, not that I would want to do this, but if you had to change Curtis Samuel to Wandale Robinson, I would do that and still, sure. and that would still get it done because you're not playing Robinson anyway. He doesn't have the upside or he does have more upside, obviously than Curtis Samuel. And but, he traded a third for Robinson. So it's not like yeah. he has much yeah. invested. So yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. And I will say sure. I didn't consider, um, I guess the quote unquote Watson of it all, meaning like he may get desperate if Watson is out for the entire year which makes this trade even more realistic because if he gets desperate, he would go, well, Baker's a starter and I need to plug someone in who I know is going to start all here. Yeah. Cause so, the starter otherwise would be drew lock. Uh, the, uh, yeah. So. Well, <laughs> that's, you know, and uh, mostly I, I almost always just go off gut or off what I'm seeing in other leagues. Like most of the offers I make, come out because well i saw him traded in one of my leagues and i'm like wait a minute you got that for him let me go send out some offers right <laughs> or wait you got him that cheap let me go make some offers right so that's that's kind of what i'm doing uh just real quickly here i decided to throw this in the trade calculator baker mayfield is 14.5 and juju is 14.0 so that doesn't seem right to me like i don't even like juju and i'd take him definitely over baker but hey starting quarterback I mean, you know, you never know. So, so also just hope this other uh, manager uses that same trade calculator. And that, that's the other thing you can do. Plug it in, send that screenshot to him. You know, hey, you never know, right? 
find out who those people are take advantage find out to throw it in the trade chat or throw it in the chat like oh you guys use any of these tools oh which one is your favorite and then you know and then you go use that one to your advantage right the number one recommendation i have for steven is just make sure whoever you're trying to trade with does not listen to the dynasty junkies because <laughs> we were telling them all that this would be a terrible trade to make for them basically <laughs> I think we generally do a pretty good job of coming up with good trades, but you know, sometimes I guess we're just all guys from Chicago, you know, (laughs) (laughs) or should be in this case. (laughs) Oh man. What a night. What a night. And with that, I suppose uh, we should close things out here. We did pretty good. We're under an hour and a half. So that's, that's like a, that's always an accomplishment whenever we can do that. So uh, Kyle, I want to thank you again for coming on, man. This was awesome. Uh, great to finally chat with you. Uh, been in this league for a couple years and circumstances have not allowed us to actually meet up. So, um, that's pretty cool. Um, you guys have to fix that. I'll fly out to Chicago. Scott, (laughs) I know you're not in Chicago anymore, but you can fly out too and we'll make it happen. There, There we go. The honorary Chicagoan will fly out to meet up with the Chicagoans and take part in the live draft. Actually, I'll just judge all your draft. You could be the, you could be the uh, sticker board guy, you know? Yeah. You could just, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I want to fly out to Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) We'll pay you in beer. It's fine. That five round rookie draft usually turned, we just did that league uh, a few weeks ago and we were there for like three and a half hours. Like it's just ridiculous (laughs) how long those things take. (laughs) well kyle tell the people once again where they can find you uh where you're you're, what you're doing you know we talked about the podcast earlier just make sure everybody knows what you're doing because you obviously have some great insights to share yeah i appreciate it thanks again boys for having me on this was really fun um love hearing from especially dynasty like the the strategy of it i think sometimes gets lost i know i kind of get in the moment on certain teams and uh, you know, and, and all those offers we talked about, I, I think there's definitely a chance those go through if those owners aren't looking at the long-term strategy and really what they're trying to accomplish and, and those things. So this was, this was really great for me just personally, like I got to figure out ways to make these deals, you know, but, uh, <laughs> again, you can check me out on Twitter at Kyle month eight. Uh, you can check out the fancy football smackdown that is on the dynasty Warzone network. So if you just search dynasty Warzone wherever you're listening to podcasts, you can check that out. Uh, I have another episode dropping on Friday, the 12th, um, two shows a week through August, getting you ready that the SmackDown's redraft focus really. Um, but uh, I just love talking football. So hit me up on, uh, on Twitter anytime I play in way more dynasty leagues than redraft leagues, but, uh, you know, draft day is the best day. So the fact that I can draft an entire roster still is fun to me, but, um, anyway, but, uh, yeah, you can check out the podcast there. I'm, I don't know when this is getting dropped, but if you're watching live, I'm going to the Fancy Football Expo this weekend yes, in Canada, yes. Ohio. So if you hit me up, uh, if you're there, let's meet up. It'd be cool. But yeah, definitely just follow me on Twitter. Hit me up anytime. And boys, thanks again for having me on here. This was a ton of fun. Thanks, Kyle. That's awesome. All right. Well, for us, few few things here. You can follow me at Scott underscore Sidlow. I'm the creative one, obviously. Um, you can follow Bobby Koch at Wrecked Fantasy, R-E-K-E-D. You can follow Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF. Follow Rocky at Dynasty FF Addict. Follow the DAP Network at DAP Network. Please rate, review, subscribe, YouTube, anywhere you listen would really appreciate those reviews that moves us up. And, um, you know, we love that self-promotion. Come on now. 
uh also find me at trades keep them coming keep those submissions coming we have a few in the hopper um but we definitely want to reload here before the season so uh let's get those in we'll be doing an all fmat uh trade show here probably after we wrap up the four positional groups maybe sometime uh as we get into the season get an early early season we'll get a whole bunch of them in that should be a good episode as always um shout out to everybody in the chat appreciate you guys hanging out with us and with that junkies out and road trip into chicago in the near future